How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in again. And if this is your first time listening, make sure you go and subscribe on whatever platform it is that you're listening on. Follow along on social media at that curious Jones. Tell a friend and leave a review. Tell me where you're listening from. This episode is the 50th episode of the podcast. It's crazy. 50 episodes have already gone by, but it's been a blast and uh, we're just getting started. My guest today is my youngest brother. He's 10 years my junior. And although we're very similar in a lot of ways, we're also very different. And we grew up at different times of the world. Um, family dynamics had changed. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting having a conversation with him, especially on a podcast where I think it allowed us to dive in a little bit differently than we would traditionally when we have conversations about things. Um, I really appreciate his insight. And, you know, I'm very proud of the development he's made in his own life. He's done a 180 from where he was just a few years ago. And although he'd be the first to tell you he's got a lot of work to do, uh, I'm very proud of him. So, you know, having him on the podcast was pretty cool and didn't really even feel like a podcast. We talked for quite a bit, had some funny stories and, you know, some insightful dialogue too. So I appreciate it a lot. Give it up for my brother, Jake Jones. But before we enjoy this episode, make sure you head over to drinkaction.com. That's action with a K and sign up for a subscription of your favorite specialty roast coffee and natural supplements. Look, everybody drinks coffee, or at least almost everybody drinks coffee. You're spending four to six to sometimes seven or eight dollars per cup on, quite honestly, coffee that's not as good as Actions. Go to drinkaction.com, action with a K, use code word curious, and enjoy this episode. It, dinosaurs when it lived between 65 million and 275 million years ago and the oldest fossil record of grass is 55 million years ago so i mean maybe there's just not christ 55 million years ago would have been well before christ yeah okay. christ is 2000 years ago so christ is newer than dinosaurs yeah yeah i never thought of it like that yeah, and think about this. So I'm going to fuck this up, but the Tyrannosaurus Rex to the Bronchiosaurus, I think is mm -hmm. what it was called. There's more time that elapsed between the time that one was alive and the other was alive than between the T-Rex and humans. What? Yeah, so the time from like human existence to T-Rex is way off, dude. That's a smaller amount of time than T-Rex and the Bronchiosaurus. Wow. That just goes to show you how long dinosaurs existed and that some went extinct while others were still living, you know what I mean? It's like we forget yeah. about that. How much time like when you a think lot. about time in in like Numbers. how it relates to the universe and the existence of the universe and how long ago 
they can like look back at the history of that. It's like something like 13 billion years. And then they can't even see any further than that. Crazy shit. I still keep going back to that video. I've talked yeah. about it too much on here. I know but exactly I saw, what you're talking about. I posted a new one last night that was kind of like a variation of it. I just get immersed in it because it it just shows you it's the exponential growth of things that that bugs me out because it's not just how much bigger the sun is than the earth and then how much bigger the Milky Way galaxy is than the sun, but that then when you pull yourself like to that level of things, there's as many galaxies in the universe as there are grains of sand in the entire earth or probably more. So then when you think about that and that each one of those galaxies is so immense and so humongous it's not just the the solar system that our planets are. That's just like a micro yeah. of, you know, a fractional portion of the entire Milky Way. And then when you think about the fact that there's like as many galaxies as there are grains of sand in the earth, and then that that is then the, on like then the exponential scale that galaxies and grains of sand are that there's like, it just keeps going and going. I can't even explain it. You have to watch the video, but if you think about it in those terms, as opposed to just like, Oh, look, the earth compared to the sun, it's like once it gets to the galaxy level and then it starts like extrapolating out even further and further the brain can't even comprehend. It. Yeah. And then it's like, you see everything that happens and it blows your mind. And then you realize that that's all contained inside of one little tiny circular thing. And that there's gazillions of those. And you're just like, how is that even possible? I mean, how is that possible? I don't know. That's why there's like people like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't think he fucking has a clue. <laughs> no, dude. It's all speculation. That's all it is. I mean, think about that though, right? I mean, think about it. I was talking to somebody the other day about, it was, at, I was talking with my wife and about going to Mars and it, it takes seven months to get to Mars. And she's like, fuck that. Okay, so the whole time you're going, is it just nonstop you're going like 5,000 miles an hour? Yeah, but I think once you're outside of the atmosphere and you're in space, you don't realize how fast you're going. Okay. Because I because think you, don't have, you don't have that gravitational the resistance. Gravity, the gravity is a killer. Yeah. So that's why it's so hard to get out into the atmosphere. And once you're there, it's just kind of like, putting the fucking bike on like 13 low <laughs> you know what i mean yeah exactly shit would you go i don't know like if you got a It'd phone be, call if something like, it's if just if one of got... those things that it's i don't i don't think ever think it's real but i mean it could be and then when i actually think about it i'm like like if you got a, a phone call or somebody showed up at work and they're in a suit and they're like, we selected you based on whatever, you know, genetic criteria and uh, you have to go to Mars or we're asking you to go to Mars with 275 other people and Elon Musk. And oh, you guys Elon's are going to go. Yeah. Elon's going. going to. I'll go. You're going to go. 
Yeah. As long as I'm not the only one going, I'm game. I got to have, like, I got to have someone I can kick the shit with and, like, feel comfortable with. And I feel like Elon be a good person to fucking go with. Not not only is he, like, super smart and, like, I would trust when stuff goes bad to have it, but I also think he would kick back and smoke a joint with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's him and 200 and you're, it's there's 300 people, so 299 other people who are pre-selected based on a number of factors. Can they really get that many people? It's going to be multiple ships. So you're, you're going to go in – you know, I don't know, 10 or 30 different shuttle trips with other people. So now, and, and, like, they, and they are, and they're sending 300 because they know that a couple of those ships aren't going to make it. There's 30 ships going, 10 people each. And they know that uh, 22 of them will make it. Eight of them are going to, are going to fizzle out on their way. Now this is weird to think about, but like, we're basically just impregnating Mars at that point. We're just shooting a bunch of people off, little people. Not all of it's going to make it there, but just some, and whatever lands is going to just grow. Yeah. Very much. And who's to think that, especially when, when you kind of go back and reflect on what we were talking about on the exponential growth and size of the universe mm-hmm. and time, when you really try to quantify what is 13 billion years in the, in an exponentially expanding universe, what is, what is that? Right. And human civilization could have came and went more times than we could ever even comprehend counting to numbers that we don't even understand. That's how many times human civilization could have possibly come to existence and gone away. And so are we ignorant to think that we are even the first people to ever go to Mars or is it just more realistic to think that maybe we're the first ones to go to Mars in the last couple million years, but that a million years in correlation to like billions and trillions of years of existence possibly is just a blip on the radar. I mean, think about it. It's, it's even on a smaller scale when you look at things like the pyramids, right? It makes you wonder if civilization actually was just as advanced, but what we consider advanced, right? Technology, computer, cell phone, that's what we consider to be advanced, but that's just maybe the direction that our civilization took. And that's where our advancements led us was on this technological field. But maybe their advancement, yeah, maybe their advancement was different, but it doesn't mean that they weren't just as advanced in their path as we are in ours. And that's the same that however many civilizations have come and gone. I mean, why are we so ignorant to a think that we're the only ones B that if we were the only weren't the only ones, if there were others that we are the most developed and furthest along we, we seem to have this like very strong confidence that that's the case, but I don't understand why we yeah. would. I mean, they could have had everything figured out. They could have had no racism and it could have been like, look at the, look what we can do, look what we can accomplish. 
you know. Um, yeah, we were just, like you said, we're just on this road of like technology and we're just going to do it until we destruct ourselves, essentially, I feel. Um, I really, I don't know how, I, I don't know. I feel like up until now, I've understood how humans have like lived the lives they did. And now I just, I don't see how like the same way of like living is going to be okay with like technology being someone's whole life. And what I mean by that is like, even getting married now is it's scary. It's, um, and like my generation, we only know social media. We only know, um, basically unfaithfulness. Um, and I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, anything bad now, it's just like immediately out there, uh, it's way more so than good things. I feel. Well, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the characteristics and traits that we're demonizing in society are some of the traits that, in a weird way, actually give structure to some of those dynamics of a family. Right. No, exactly. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just something I always think about. I just don't know how we can sustain. Like, we're trying to live the same way. Like we've always been living, but it's like, some things like really have to change. And I just, I don't know. I don't see it. Weird. Understanding things that I've never, I've always known, but never really thought about until it's like, you have to deal with them yourself. You can hear it a hundred times, a hundred times. And it's like, when you actually go through it, you learn in a whole new way and like I don't know having three older brothers and big family like you hear it all the time hear certain things but it's way different than going when you actually have to go through it and that's in like everything from car insurance to you know kids you know, it's even different now being an uncle. I don't know. I always just thought kids were just kids and like really not that I didn't care, but it was never a main priority in my life. And now I'm like, I look at a baby and I'm like, holy cow, I want one now. You know, not right now, but for a long time, I didn't think I ever wanted kids. And I never thought like I would care as much as I do now, but it's just like a weird feeling. And I, I can tell like, that's a big part of my growth. I've noticed where like, it's not just me anymore. I gotta be a role model. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I want to be someone they can look up to and not, like, you know, be ashamed of. It's just like a different way of carrying myself. And I know it's going to be a slow drip change. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm different. But yeah, I feel like over the course of a couple of years, I have had to change. Well, I think we talked about this the other night when, you know, we were saying how, you know, how are you measuring progress, right? Because mm-hmm. 
I know I talk with you a lot and you, we live in this world of, you know, every, especially at social media, you know, and God, we, we've got ourselves pulled into that, you know, for a while. And the excess, right. The, the, the Hollywood life, the LA life of fast cars and, you know, expensive houses and just all the, all the shit that everybody is measuring success by, which in a lot of cases is bogus. It's bullshit. You know, I mean, Jesus, we had a, a front row seat to it and definitely, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and I think there's such a need for people to understand that there's more to measure than just money. Right. And, and look, monetary success is something that you should measure because it's, it's nice. Yeah, it definitely, it takes away a lot of problems, but I think there's disingenuousness. If people say money means nothing, you know, that's just an easy cop out. If you, you know, maybe you're just not successful, right? (laughs) But it certainly isn't everything and it doesn't solve problems. It can create a lot of problems too. And the conversations that we've had over the course of, you know, the last few years that you've been in California, you've done as close to 180 degree turn in just your, in how you approach life. You know, you, you were somebody who I never felt had goals, you know, you didn't, you didn't really, you know, I think you're at a place now where you're really hypercritical of yourself Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because like we talked about, you're never going to be perfect. And if you allow the pressure of trying to be perfect to get in the way of actually accomplishing what you're trying to do, that's not a good thing either. But I love the fact that the kid who I knew, you know, and it's, it's crazy because the 10 year gap for us made it, it's a, it's an interesting relationship, you know, like, especially cause yeah. I, I moved away, you know what I mean? And I moved away at a time that was probably not the easiest for you. And that actually, you know, in hindsight, being able to stick around, you know, would have changed a lot of stuff, albeit we're here because of everything that happened. And so I try not to ever look back with regret, but I'd be foolish to not think that me leaving at a, a really crucial point in time in all of our lives didn't impact you, right? Or could could have impacted things differently. Yeah. But you, when I came back and, you know, like I saw this kid who had so much potential, but that didn't realize it and didn't care. You didn't seem to even give a shit. And so mm-hmm. now to see you care, sometimes too much to a fault, I think you can write, you can, you can right size fit and adjust that a little bit by just taking a deep breath and realizing you're not going to be perfect. But I would challenge anybody that's listening to this, you know, and I think you could probably explain it much better than I could. How you shift that perception, number one, but that understanding that most often the financial success comes after the personal growth. And most people want it the other way. They want the financial success 
And then they want to assume that that financial success will allow them to grow as a person and solve all the problems. And they think all the problems are financially dependent, right? Like, oh, if I get money, my problems are going to go away. And some of them will, definitely. But a lot of those problems are just going to manifest themselves again in a larger way on a bigger scale. That's actually going to be a lot harder for you to deal with because you never actually built the capabilities to deal with problems. You just had money that got infused into your life and that took care of them for a quick minute, but you took all the same actions and now you just had more money to create bigger problems. You know what I mean? And so I think when I look at you right now, and I said this to you the other day, I'm really proud of you because I think the personal growth part is going to sustain you for the long run. And you know what I mean? You're, I give you credit, man. You're grinding it out in California, which is not easy. And uh, I commend you for keeping your head down and and continuing to do it. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's, there's many ways to measure success. And I, I would say you should be, you should be very proud of how this is turning out for you. Well, I gotta really, I'll thank a lot of it to you. Um, I don't, you know, when you did move away, it was, I don't know. I never really thought of it in that time. Um, but like, it was a time where like, you know, my other two brothers, you know, Joey and jo- or Louie, you know, they were at the age where they were hanging out with their friends and, you know, 16, 17 and, you know, they were off and they didn't really want to be at home. So it was usually me and either mom and, you know, like one of her boyfriends and her dad was off working, you know, probably out of state, you know, either drilling or driving one of the two. Um, so it was, it was pretty rough and, you know, I didn't fucking care about anything. I didn't, I got ridiculed from my friends for the person my mom was with. I got ridiculed for like the situation, uh, I felt just like everything was just negative. Every person like in our immediate family was just always stressed and like would just snap at the fucking crack of a whip. I don't know. And it just got to the point where I just, I didn't care. I just didn't want to be around anyone in our family. I just wanted to be with my friends and smoke cigarettes and get high and be the kid that made a fucking ass of himself just to, you know, get someone to laugh at me and get a little bit of attention in a positive way. You know, and I can't say like it wasn't positive at home because there was times where it was good and, and, you know, we were a fucking happy family. You know, I always had grandma and she was always very supportive and Aunt Carla and Aunt Billy and, you know, all those guys, but, you know, they couldn't be around 24 seven. Um, so I mostly just fell into the hands of my, like my friends and just bounce around, um, pretty much hating myself because, you know, I was pretty much known as the kid who would eat two chicken wing pizzas every night. And I can't get over how much weight you've lost. What do you, how much weight have you lost? Do you know? Um, I don't really know. Just pretty much all my fat 
mean, you, like, you've, you, I mean, it's a because it's weird because I was shorter too at the time, so I mean, it was probably yeah. same weight. But it's it's hard for me to keep weight off for some reason. Not like you guys, like Joey and you can eat whatever you want. Now it's changed a little bit as I've gotten older. Oh sure. But Joey, I don't I don't understand him. He'll eat ho ho's and Twinkies all night. And... But he does work hard to work, so he just got a pretty physical job, so I can't say that. Um But yeah, back to um and then just you know, growing up kind of just repeating that cycle just you know until what what height clicked moving moving away being alone and thinking for myself was the best thing that ever happened to me challenging myself being responsible for myself and not being able to fucking blame anyone else. Cause so I would, I would play victim back at home and just always, you know, just didn't want to do anything cause I felt bad for myself and, Oh, you know, I can't do this because of this, or I'll never be worth this because of that. And then moving here, was like, there's no excuse. I've seen you do it. I've seen Louie do it, seen Joey do it. And not wanting to fucking give up for once in my life because I've quit everything. And like, even though it got like really tough out here, just grinding through it. And it made me harder. And then I found ways to outlet myself in a positive way. And like, Coming back to what I said earlier, you were really helping me. It was like when you moved back home. Um, I don't know really what time that was, uh, like year wise. You must have been like 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yep. And you were like really hard on everyone to like do what they need to do and like be responsible and fold your laundry. And I just didn't ever want to do it. Never wanted to do it, but at least you showed me how to do it. I may not have done it in the time, but it fucking stuck with me. And I knew right from wrong at that moment before I didn't, I didn't know any better. I just always thought I was a fucking free for all. And like, I didn't have rules because mom and dad were like, you know, doing caught up in their own shit. A lot of the time, it's like we didn't have like a set thing of like chores or, you know, you know, any responsibility. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was nice to actually have someone to be like, no, you're rinsing your fucking plate. I know most people, not to interrupt you, but I know most people probably say this. They're like, oh man, if we had a camera crew follow our family around, we could have a great show. I wish people, I wish, not even if if it never made the air, that's fine. Although people don't know what they've missed out on. I think keeping up with the Joneses. It would have been, 
It would have been like the Walmart version of fucking Kimura with the Kardashians. The Walmart. Same thing. That's horrible. Just, that is horrible, but I mean, that's just what essentially we are, just like growing up. Yeah, but now being out in California, I mean, I wanted to ask you this because I, I mean, I spent quite a bit of time in LA right before my son was born, mm-hmm. you know, and when we were like, it was pre COVID and pandemic when, you know, we were doing a lot of events and the shit that I saw in the, what I guess compared to you living in Southern California for how long now? Four years. Almost four years. So four years in April. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to think. I saw a guy taking a shit on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. I've seen. I saw a guy masturbating on the sidewalk last month. Valentine's Day. Really? Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you. Full blown. What is the craziest shit that you've seen? out out Yeah. With a big old smile on his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, why is everyone like stopped in the middle of the road? I don't like look to my right. There he is. He's sitting on the bank, he like grass bank knoll. Beating his meat. <laughs> <laughs> is it getting better out there? Like in terms of homelessness? Just in terms of like, yeah, I would say homelessness, pandemic. It's to me, it's all related. You know what I mean? Like the and the, the, the pandemic was the match that got thrown onto the pile of hay in the barn built three hundred years ago with toothpicks, and that bitch is like raging inferno right now. I I haven't been to LA in a minute, but I heard it's bad. But I'm not sure because they, they recently opened up in the last past week. And I saw they were doing like comedy shows again indoors. So maybe all that will like kind of, because I heard like even Melrose, all those sunset was completely like filled with homeless tents and stuff. It yeah. was just like. Yeah. Where we used to stay at the Andes next to the. Yeah. All that was just like. Comedy store. It was. Complete different. I heard it was not good. Yeah. Same. But I can't imagine that lasting. I'm sure businesses are going to be like, no. I just think. Who knows? I don't know. It's just so crazy how quickly things turn. I, do you remember? So like, just to go like back and, and enjoy some of this, right. I was, I was like looking through old photos. I was doing some content, creating some stuff, trying to get, trying to get some things situated for something that I'm working on with the podcast that, I'm hopeful, you know, I can announce here in the next couple of months, but I was looking back at old stuff that we had done and just organizing photos and videos. And I came across when we went to, um, your buddy, um, from West coast cure, um, Jared's buddy. Mafia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was his birthday. (laughs) At Sway yeah. Lee's house, right? So, like, yeah. we end up riding in a limousine bus mm-hmm. to 
Sway Lee's house in Encino. Tarzana. In Tarzana, yeah. Do you remember that night? Yeah. Do you remember the dude that had the video camera thing over his shoulders and like the he had like We're a, on a YouTube video? Yeah. Yeah. I, I went back and found that video and was like watching it. And he was yeah. inter- that guy was interviewing you and Joey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was and that was a month before I started working for them. Bizarre. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Like I went back, I forgot there was a guy on stage with a, a violin. They're all I mean it's just Sway Lee, uh it's Ray Schmirda. Sway Lee, Slim Jimmy, that guy with the violin. Yeah, that was a wild night. And I had and then I had to go at five thirty in the morning to the stucco plant. Oh, that's right. You were working at a stucco plant. Mm-hmm. You got those tickets. I was like, I'm going. I don't care. I'm going. Yeah, we we didn't get home till like I don't know, four thirty. <laughs> yeah, I just remember pulling off the the off ramp, and uh, there was like a pack of fucking coyotes that ran through the intersection. <laughs> and it was like, like you said, it was four thirty in the morning. And the the worst part was. I was still working a day job back in Pennsylvania (laughs) and I had flown out to LA for this trip for like four or five days. And it was already almost like eight 30. And I had like a a team sales meeting (laughs) that I needed to go. And I had not slept up all night. I remember my ears were ringing, dude. They, they performed a whole fucking concert in the living room. (laughs) And I just remember being on my knees and just thinking like I could, I could fucking fall asleep right now, live on this call. They had no idea that I was out. In, I was in Los Angeles that I had just been at Sway Lee's crib partying all night long. And I got on and was reporting on sales numbers. Oh, I do what not, to, what not to do, what not to do. Yeah. Holy but, shit. I mean, but, or, you know, maybe what, what to do, right. It, to me, I think I look at that and I'm proud of that because do what you had to do. Exactly. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I was trying Some people to, would never even cross their mind to do something. Like I was that. taking, I was literally booking flights. I was flying to LA. <laughs> I would take, I would leave work at like three o'clock on a Friday. That's some balls. I would drive to the airport. I'd get on a, a fucking spirit airline. It was the only direct flight from Pittsburgh is everything else shoebox of the wings yeah dude everything else though there was a layover and i was like every hour counted i would fly out straight through yeah i would fly a a direct flight on spirit and no wi-fi so i'd sit there with like a notepad and paper and i would plot out what was going to happen you know sometimes if i was really ballsy i would like ask to work from home on a friday and i would leave thursday night and I'd fly out and I'd plan the whole thing, whether it was a photo shoot that we were doing. Some of the yeah, time it was, we were having events. Pull up and, in a McLaren. Yeah. Renting cars. I mean, it, it was getting ridiculous, but I still had to figure out a way to, to pay my bills. Right. And it's like, I, I realized that it wasn't going to just like switch over right away. And 
I would literally take the red eye home. I would catch, I would drive to the airport Sunday at like nine 30. I'd go to LAX. I'd get in my fucking flight and I would fly home. I'd land at the airport. I would have a change of clothes in my car and I would get changed and I would go right to the office. <laughs> and then like, you Not know, I felt like that, that movie 21, you know, like, basically dude like you know you don't even think about it when you're living it but like when you look back you're like yeah and then people at work started to find my instagram account you know and then you'd hear people talking about it and then i'd see in my story (laughs) oh shit that lady in hr is fucking looking oh god the guy in accounting he's he's stupid (laughs) you know you're literally out in la like every fucking weekend i know people are like wait how, how are you doing that yeah I was thinking about it. It was before that 420 event and uh, just how shady when (laughs) we were there with Devin Alexander, that whole fiasco for the, Mm -hmm. for the 420 gala. And we went to roll that half pound blunt or half pound. It was like a half pound joint of gold on in the shine paper. Yeah. 24 carats. And we like, I think back on that. What in the fuck were we thinking? We're at a recording studio in Hollywood. I remember just seeing eyeballs walking by the door, looking into the the recording area that we were in. And then seeing people on their cell phones. Mm -hmm. And they had the closed circuit TVs inside of the rooms, which initially I remember being like, oh, okay, well, I feel better now. I can see who might be out in the hallway or in the parking lot if there's trouble coming. And then I started to think about it. And I'm like, why the fuck do these people have closed circuit TVs inside of the recording studios? And then I realized, I'm like, Oh, this is probably shit that fucking happens all the time. The fact that, yeah. we, didn't, that we didn't get jacked. I mean, what's a, I mean, I guess prices are way up right now, but I mean, that right there alone, I mean, there were thousands of dollars of of fucking cannabis products. Yeah. Oh, stupid. Dude, people get jacked for fifty bucks out here. A pair of shoes. Doesn't doesn't matter. People are desperate. I watched someone just pull up and just kill a lady in her front yard or right in her doorstep. Hmm. It's just nuts. Wait, what do you mean? They caught it on the ring video camera. It was a lady. She was loading her daughter into the car seat in her driveway, and a car pulls up, and she just starts running back, trying to get back into the house, like towards the camera. Gets to the door. It's locked. Starts pounding on it, pounding on it. She's like uh, yelling something in Spanish. And the guy just walks up like nothing and just shoots her. Like five times. She knew who he was. Uh, yeah. It's like a it's just, Yeah. But right in front of her child, everything, like just nothing. It's horrible. Sa- savages out here. It's horrible. Have you followed any of what's going on in Atlanta? A little bit. With the, the massage parlors that got shot up? A little bit, yeah. I heard that he killed like eight people. 
six were Asian Americans. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting. I'm. It's. I mean, it's such an unfortunate situation. Well, the whole thing was weird. Like why he did it. Well, I I read it, so I like I was starting to read everything, right? Because I saw, and this is what bothers me, and I'm just gonna say it, and it's not gonna be a popular thing. So fuck everybody if you don't like what I have to say. I because this is just how I see it. And I, and I'm not trying to be disingenuous because I don't think for a second that there isn't racism in this country. There most certainly is racism in this country. There's most certainly hate in this country. But what bothers me is when people build a straw man argument to try to push an agenda even if that agenda is one that should be pushed, I agree. There should be less hate towards Asian people. And I don't know what the numbers are. If that has increased because of the whole COVID thing, it probably has. That makes sense to me. I, I, you know what I mean? I, I'd be foolish to sit here and argue without the facts in front of me that that isn't the case because it probably has happened. Yeah. There's a lot of ignorant people that just yeah hear the, hear, hear the viruses from Wuhan and just, Point fingers, most, definitely. most definitely, definitely mm-hmm. not trying to say that that isn't the case, but I see all these people, um, you know, the day after the shooting posting in their social media platforms, just big giant things like hashtag stop Asian hate, which again, on the surface is something that I, I agree. Mm-hmm. We should stop hate across the board. And it gets into that whole thing of like, stop this hate, stop that hate, you know, this, these lives matter. These lives matter. I get it. And maybe I should just turn a blind eye and be okay. But the fact of the matter is this guy, when you do the research was a sex addict and a sex addict in the sense that he was actually an outpatient care of some sort like a halfway house. He went to rehab for it. Um, he also came from a very religious family from all the, all the reading that I did. He came from a, a very religious family and he was thrown out of his home by his parents. I believe it was his parents. Christian. Mm -hmm. Because of this sex addiction, he went and killed these people at these massage parlors because from what it looks like he was tempted whether he had been going there or had thought about going there because there was some illegal sexual activity going on at these massage parlors, you know, giving happy endings. And he looked Mm -hmm. at this as a, he was trying to eliminate the risk of him continuing to do something he was disgusted with himself about doing. Does it make it right? Fucking absolutely not. The guy is obviously deranged, horrible individual. But to craft it into something that it's not is doing a disservice to the people who are being discriminated against because if you're building something out of shit that's not factual is the quickest way to get people to not give a fuck about it anymore, in my opinion. And again, if you don't like what I have to say, that's fine. That's your opinion, but I'm entitled to mine. And I get really fed up It's like we have these platforms that are so powerful and people just, it's like everybody that's posting that 
you don't, you're not given a fuck about anything other than making sure that you're not caught flat footed, not posting it. Yep. I mean, I remember when the whole posting the black square on Instagram thing went down, I had people sending me messages like, Oh, you really showed your true colors today by not posting a black square. Now I was busy. I was, I was, you know, I didn't realize it was even a thing. Sorry. It's just, it's sad to me. And this is just like the most recent example of it. So it's, you know what I mean? I, I, it's, I'm not trying to like put my focus just all on this, but it's, it's annoying when I see that because, and it's annoying only because to me, there is a problem. There's a lot of problems yeah, in this country. By posting a black flare ain't fixing shit. And you're just using that. It's just something, oh, that's what you did. That's your deed. But you're not going to actually fucking do anything. Like, at all. You're not going to go help anyone out. You're not going to go research what needs to be done. You're not actually going to donate to the charities that need going to help black people or you know you're not going to do anything most of these people you're just going to post a black square and you're going to make everyone else feel guilty by not and it's like maybe i didn't post a black square but i went out and you know help somebody that you needed help or went out and tried to understand better Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I, it's just, I, I hope at some point in time, and I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how, I really don't know how we get ourselves into the next phase of normalcy. Mm-hmm. My fear is that normalcy will be what we currently consider not normal. Um. Absolutely. It's going to be like a f- it's almost like a fear. Like people are like controlled by fear and then you're forced to be a phony. And then it's we lose like authenticity. And I, I don't know. I just, yeah. that's, that's exactly. how I feel. Like, I just, I don't know, even comedians now, I listen to one, I'm like, they have to apologize before they say a joke, or they have to, like, make it a point that they're like, oh, I'm going to get canceled. It's like, I don't need yeah, to you're, so- you're trying to soften the blow. Yeah, like, how you're doing it in a way, you, like, think it's, like, funny, and you're not, like, doing it. like you're still doing it. Like, That's, you still feel like you have to, and it's like, it's bullshit. That's why I love Bill Burr. Too. Did you did you hear and see what happened to him at the Grammys? Uh-uh. Okay, so you Oh, know wait, how, yeah. Or wait, I saw a little bit, but I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah, so you know how like he got in a, he got a lot of heat for his monologue when he did Saturday Night Live, right? When was this? This was recent. So, I mean, I don't watch Saturday Night Live a whole lot. Me neither. Just uh, usually doing something else on a Saturday night. I like OG Saturday Night Live like Adam Sandler, Farley definitely it's the only ones I watch yeah it I turned it on one night and he's hosting and he does his monologue 
and he just the next I knew I I like looked at Allison. I was like, oh man, he's gonna take some heat. Like people were very uncomfortable with the <laughs> stuff that he was saying about like women and just different types of cultures. And he was trying. Oh, that's actually live. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I always yeah, thought it was, was kind of recorded, and they just. Yeah, I, yeah. You'd have to go go back and watch it because it's. <laughs> You know, it's been a it's been a few maybe like a month or two. He's he's really like free to say whatever he wants out there. Though. Yeah, people they're trying to cancel him big time, and he was kind of like, <laughs> "You can't cancel me because I don't give a fuck," you know. And <laughs> so there's all this kind of like shit in the air that Bill Burr's a racist. Well, the other part of it that it can't work is Bill Burr's wife is black. He married a black mm-hmm. woman, and so. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not racist, even though he's as white as white <laughs> with fucking red hair and he's bald, right? He it's like it. he just he looks the part. So I I don't know if he had anything to do with this or if the universe lined up so perfectly, but he was asked to present an award at this year's Grammys. And he shows up to do it and he's got his suit on with a tie and he looks really nice. But it's one of those awards that's presented before the Grammys that like you hear about like, oh, the best, you know, s- soundtrack from a Latin musical, you know. No. Grammy. Oh, yeah. And so it was broadcast on a live stream and he didn't get to actually be on the Grammys. But when they have him Are come up, serious? it was for like a f- it was for like the best f- Latin female dance m- song or something like that. And he mispronounces the lady's name. And so now oh he's God. like, they're back on the cancel Bill Burr shit again. And it's fucking hysterical because it's like, if you actually knew who Bill Burr was and how he's made his, like you're only fueling his fire for the people yeah, who actually famous. love him. He yeah. doesn't want you to be his fan. He doesn't need, he's already famous. He's already made it. And so he's, and he works in an arena where the people who love him love him because of what you're trying to cancel him for. So it's like, okay, he won't be on the Grammys again next year. That's fine. He's going to sell out every theater and arena that he goes to perform in because as long as you give, and God, this is scary to even think, right? I'm like, as long as you give people free will and freedom to go and do these things for him to perform and for us to go and watch, you're only strengthening somebody like that by pushing back when, when they're deliberately trying to toe the line to see how far they can go before you push back. Yeah. Weird times, weird times, cancel everything. That's why I love, I love the one minute man. Cause I don't like to watch like these long intricate things. It's just, give me the, give me the rundown. And that's kind of like if anything good came out of COVID, I felt like it's these people, even yourself, like learn how to, you know, make a positive out of it and learn, you know, like even the style of comedy evolved a little bit. And there's like, what they, what do they say? Like the rapid. Mm-hmm. Andrew Schultz does Andrew it Schultz about as yeah. good as anybody. It's awesome. It just Tim gives Dillon. you like, Yep, Tim Dillon. Just ranting. You no, know, you know who Kyle Dunnigan is, right? 
his Instagram where he just <laughs> you know what my all time favorite one is the one where he does Bill Maher <laughs> because Bill Maher hates it so much <laughs> he does one where he's getting gang banged <laughs> <laughs> by like Sylvester Stone and, and you know he watched you know he's so pissed <laughs> because yeah. he's like don't don't or he talked about it on the Joe Rogan podcast he's like See, I, I, I don't know that clown or why he makes videos about it or something. So we went off and made another one. Well, now he's he's like targeting Cuomo. Is he? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's that guy's done. Yeah, I saw something pop up today. I didn't I didn't get sucked into the clickbait, but it said that he's got it. There's an audio of him saying something, comparing somebody to a child predator. Hmm. They said it's not. It doesn't sound good. I don't know. I have. I heard he's. I heard his eighth person's come out. So he's sexually assaulted her. So I mean, like these old school people think like that shit's okay, and it's like it's not. It's just so funny. Like, look, I guess a lot of women accuse Trump, and I don't necessarily believe all of them. Although I do believe there's probably some who got themselves felt up a little bit by the dawn i just i don't buy that he was completely cordial i mean the guy's a playboy but i Mm -hmm. also don't buy when all these other people deny it either even though i should give them the benefit of the doubt you know maybe he didn't do it you know maybe he didn't but if he did it's just like i mean look at you're the governor of new york you killed a bunch of old people. You lied about it. You possibly covered up by cha- having your staff like alter numbers that you were reporting yeah. things to. Just so and, they didn't get investigated. Yeah. Then you've got eight women that come and say that you made them feel uncomfortable. Your brother, who is a, a anchor on CNN, <laughs> lied about having COVID or at least lied about that the severity. That whole thing was sick. Like, that's it. like it was actually sick. Dude. He said that he chipped his teeth because he had such a bad fever and he was shaking, yet he was outside with like eight other people at a new house that he was building. Yeah, perfectly fine. And then chased a guy on a bike who was like, hey, aren't you supposed to be home quarantining right now? Did you see him come out of the basement? Yeah, yeah. He walks around his whole house, doesn't touch his entire family, just gives him these. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, they have it all on film. He's like literally walking up the stairs. He like unzips his hoodie, comes out of it like Superman. I'm like, this is sick. And it's like, you weren't in that basement for two weeks, buddy. You weren't. Yeah, it's it's just, and then I saw photos of him with, it was a hundred pound dumbbell yep. where he's like <laughs> holding the dumbbell up over his head like this and doing and I was disappointed because unless Rogan may have been trying to like bait people, mm-hmm. but I heard an episode where he was talking with somebody about whether or not that was physically possible. And he's like, no, I th- he's a big guy. I think he could have done that. That there is no way in hell that was a real dumbbell. No, I heard someone counter that and they're like, no, there's no way at all. He's like, I'm a, if there's anyone that can do it, it'd be me. He's like, I would struggle with that or maybe possibly not even be able to do it. He's like, <laughs> like that. 
You're right. You know, have you in ever, a, have you in ever a seen suit the shirt? I know, right? Have you ever seen the King of Queens episode where Doug is going to yes. go back and play football? And Danny yeah. Cousins training him, and he has the styrofoam plates that he calls the trainers he puts yeah. on there. Which, by the way, and I hope that I'm not the person that does this, because that is, it might not be in the grand scheme of things the greatest TV show ever, but for me, that is probably my favorite TV show to watch. Same. Gary Stiller me, makes, makes that. Makes me feel at home, dude. It does. There's something about it. It's absolutely hysterical. Kevin James, although corny and a lot of other stuff, is great. The dynamic between him and, and Leah Remini. Yeah, he is corny and a lot of other stuff. He's very he, corny. He's on fire in that show. It, it just works. It's so perfect. And his relationship with Carrie and then mm-hmm. Arthur's character, Deacon, Arthur, like dude. they just, it's cast. Even I'm starting to warm up to Deacon, dude. Yeah, Deacon's More, a bad I've, I've seen. I've seen a lot of. I've seen every single episode, but now that I'm doubling back, starting to like catch all the little other nuances. Jake, so the, let me just explain. So you, we send each other clips back and forth all the time, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I'll post some sometimes, and then I don't want people to think I'm too much of a weirdo. <laughs> that's all I do. But when I tell you that I've been engaged for how long now? I got, I got engaged in 2009. I think. Wow. It's been a long time, right? Yeah. The day that I got engaged, she got me every season of King of Queens in the box set for the DVDs. And I've watched that multiple times, but I had seen every episode through reruns probably. I mean, there were some that I didn't obviously see. Right. But I've seen so many episodes and I never realized it until now as we're illuminating society on how racist and sexist that we are. But if somebody wants to, I mean, dude, they could cancel him and everybody else. They go back and cancel every episode of Seinfeld because Jerry Stiller's in Seinfeld. There is some straight up homophobic and racist ass shit in that move in that TV show. And it's absolutely hysterical because it's, it's done in a joking manner, but I mean, that episode specifically where they're talking about the whole reason that Doug's even going to play football in the first place is because Deacon's son is acting like a little flamer. And they're like, he's like, I don't want him to be a sissy. And I mean, I think they flat out said, they're like, oh, you're just mad that your kid's being gay. And it's yeah. like, and, but it's on television. I mean, it's literally, you can turn on, TV and have see that it's like King of Queens reruns all night long. And I'm so grateful. And I'm again, I'm petrified that this is going to basically end King of Queens syndication, but at least you got the box up, buddy. (laughs) Right. I mean, but think about it, right. It's, it's, I know exactly what you mean. I was thinking about the same thing. I was thinking about, they still have Kramer on TV. Yeah. That guy, like, you ever see his video where he flipped his lid? Yeah. Sorry to change. Did you see Jose Cinco get knocked the fuck out? No, when? Uh, probably like last month. He was fighting like in a someone from someone from Barstool. Boxing in rough and rowdy. And he fucking got his clock clean. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
It's pretty funny. Because uh, I saw Logan Paul was roasting him too. <laughs> he was like, you better quit roasting my daughter. I'll come kick your ass or something. He's like, shut up. He's like, by the way, I love, he's like, come, come try. He's like, I love pounding and takeos because he was dating his daughter. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Tell you what, man, oh, that's, that is going to be an interesting fight. His brother, mm-hmm. when Jake Paul fights Ben Askren, initially I was like, that's just so disrespectful to Ben Askren, but I've been watching some of Jake Paul's stuff. Dude, this like, has got to be messing with his head, Ben's. Like, it, I mean, it would psych anybody out. Well, because initially I was like, come on, give Ben Askren a little bit of credit. He's a professional fighter. Mm-hmm. He was an all-American wrestler. The guy has been on the highest stages in combat sports, even he's though he's Olympian, not a striker. He? What's that? He's an Olympian yeah. wrestler, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, even though he's not known as a striker, he won multiple titles. He won the one title. He won Bellator. He went to the UFC. He's fought very good strikers, but he's neutralized their striking by how great of a wrestler and grappler he is. So it's like Just knowing how to be in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fighting. When you have somebody that's going to knock you out and you're able to grab a hold of them and take them down and then hold them down for three rounds or five yeah. rounds you can't do that in boxing. And it's like, am I, is, am I only giving him the respect that I said that he deserves because of that? And does he reserve it just based off? Does he deserve it just based off of his hands? Because that's all you're going to get in a boxing ring. And I don't know, man, I, the more I think about it, I'm like, I have a feeling Jake Paul is going to starch him. And how big is he? He's a big kid, Jake. He's a big yeah. dude. Yeah. He's a, I think Ben Askren is what? five something yeah Askren fought 170 so he's he probably i bet you he's walking around 190 he just had hip surgery though too he had a whole Mm. hip replacement jesus yeah so but then it's like where does it go from there you know where does it go if you beat ben Askren? now you've dipped your toe into the water of the fighters and so you're you can only go up from there who do you fight you know, you're saying you want Conor McGregor. I'm sorry, bro. You you can't close the gap of the talent deficit that you have with somebody of that caliber striking. But the payday would be astronomical. And so I almost think it's worth it. But, I mean, think about that. We're in a world right now where – and I saw, I saw Logan Paul's manager posted on social media today. More people watched Logan Paul – open Pokemon cards live on YouTube, then watch the Grammys. <laughs> That's fucking insane. More people watch Logan Paul open Pokemon cards on YouTube than watch the Grammys. And people want to know why I'm podcasting. <laughs> like, think about this. You turn on the television, especially when you grow up in a town like where we grow up, right? There's people that are living in Bradford who, and I'm not not even like kids our age, although I'm sure there's some our age, but just our parents and their parents, things are so much different than they are in a big city. Some for the better, some for the worse. And I think for the worse, it's in the sense that like, how many people are even watching something like 
call it Tucker Carlson, even a big show on Fox News or a Rachel Maddow from a news perspective, right? How many people tune in on a Thursday night to that and hear what they have to say? Quite a bit. A couple hundred thousand, maybe 300,000 people. I'd be curious. I may even look, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. But when you start to think that some of the largest podcasts in the world have 10, 20, 30 million downloads per episode. Now that's globally, but that's part of the benefit. You know, I've said this so many times. It's like, you can relate to everybody. I felt a little, I don't know how I felt in a way I kind of smiled. Right. But you expect all this support from people, especially when you grow up in a small town and you know, everybody, and I've talked about this before, but it's like, nobody wants to be outspoken and support you until they see somebody else do it because nobody wants to be the person stuck in a small town, supporting somebody who's not there and having other people in that small town hating them because they like you. And Mm -hmm. so it's funny yet. uh, I still, it's hysterical when I look at the people who don't actually click the follow button on social media, but who are watching what I do every day and go out of their way to search me and watch what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. who may or may not listen to the podcast. But when you live in a small town, you get tied to how, how big something can get, you know, whether it's, I didn't know a whole lot of people that made more than $30,000 a year. I didn't think making more than that was even possible. And if it was, I was like, how, I don't envision how I'm going to be able to do that. I didn't envision how I could own a house that was more than $60,000 because I didn't know a whole lot of people that did. You don't know any better, you know? And so you can kind of like limit yourself. And I remember thinking like, man, if I had half of the support that I should from the people who I grew up with or who are from my hometown, you know, Jesus, like that could be really helpful, but then it starts to grow and you start to see, Like, oh my God, I have people that are watching this in the Netherlands. There's people in Australia. Oh my God, there's like a couple hundred people in the UK now. Like there's people in Canada. There's people, I mean, you start to realize that you can build these communities that we were stuck with. And I have this really unique perspective. You, It's kind of interesting. You don't. I grew up in a day and age where there was no internet. There was no cell phones. It was just you were kind of limited to how far you could ride your bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so, is like perfect timing. It's like we're so close, but yet we're so far apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I never had all of these things to put a fence around me mm-hmm. as a, you know what I mean? Like, or I guess I did have things that, would be the way to put it that put a fence around how far I could do things. Like there certainly were people who lived in a world where they were cultured and traveled a lot, but I, you know, I was about as cultured as Virginia beach a couple, every, every three or four years to be able to go on vacation down there. Right. So you start to depend and only live in this world where the 8,000 people in your hometown are the only ones that exist and matter. 
And Absolutely. not that I don't appreciate the support of anybody from Bradford or wherever, but when the support starts to be larger than that group of people, it starts to be less important for you to give a fuck what they think. Right. It's like, I impacting way bigger than I ever even imagined. Yeah. And then you start to realize that I'm just on the tip of it. But the cool part is it's like every time, every time I do one of these things and that's the great thing about podcasting, you know, and I see, I saw Matt Austin, just um, him and two of his buddies just did a podcast, dropped a a new podcast. They've got like four episodes out. Shout out to them. Yeah. It's fucking, it's kind of funny. Actually. I was listening to it. (laughs) um, Yeah. It's, it's called three. Oh fuck. I don't, I'll have to look it up. I'll send it to you. It's, it's funny. It's on Spotify. And, uh, (laughs) but it's like, you know, I have, have Evan Britton on, right. He goes and shares that he's on the show. There's people who love listening to Evan that tune in to, to listen to him. Talk to me. They don't give a fuck who I am, but they, they tune in because of Evan and maybe 10 of those people, 20 of those people get a vibe or see like, Oh, well shit. Ryan Mickler was on too. Right. Oh, Tim Kennedy was on there. And so now somebody who found me because I had a conversation with somebody like Evan, who I just, you know, just having the ability to sit down and chat with him is so, it's just so beneficial for me. Even if nobody listens, he's such an eye-opening person. I left that conversation so changed the same with Ryan, the same, honestly, with everybody, even talking with you and you're Mm -hmm. my, you're my little brother, you know, it's, (laughs) it's crazy how these conversations impact me it's crazy that they can impact other people and it's crazy how the network continues to grow. Every time I have somebody else new on and then, you know, they tell somebody about it or it's just, that's why I do it. And I, I mean, we got so far down a rabbit hole on this, but like back to how, it's only going to keep going that way. You know what I mean? There's going to be very few cable television shows and I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Things are going to go so on demand because there's not going to be enough meat on the bone to sustain individual networks. There's only one or two good shows and the rest, I mean, how, how many viewers is a TV show on true TV getting at two 30 on a fucking Thursday afternoon? None. You know, like I would be curious to ask somebody what is like the advertising cost of a commercial for 30 seconds to run on, you know, True TV or TLC or one of those other yeah. low level channels on a non prime time. Right. And how many eyeballs are actually on it? Probably 16,000. That's what I mean. You can, you can go find some some fucking chick who's had her Instagram deleted eight times because she posts about pussy and cannabis in LA. And she's got more people looking at her fucking Instagram than, than that. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just bought this TV. It's a uh, Roku and it's like, all it is is different channels of streaming services. So it's like HBO streaming service, Apple streaming service, Peacock, 
Netflix. It's just and then like, you can pay like a subscription to any of the streaming services. Exactly. And your TV like, facilitates it as like an aggregator of all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't even, why would I pay $300 for a cable a month? And here's what I would tell you, not to like get off of this, but think about that, right? Everything has a path and everything follows a path. If you want to be successful in the future at anything, part of it is recognizing the patterns and how do they correlate to what's going on currently today, right? So the people who are able to predict that cable television was going to be a thing of the past and that it was going to be more on a consumption basis. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that are winning right now that speculated that to, to be the case. Right. And it's, they, and how would they have known that? Well, you could have looked at how music started to go on demand, right? Yep. There were record labels and there were physical music. You go to the store and you'd buy CDs and then it all went digital. And then you didn't have to buy a whole CD with 15 songs because you only wanted to listen to two of them. You could just go on your phone, download an app, and you could stream the music, only the music that you wanted to listen to. And it didn't happen overnight that that's what happened with television because the infrastructure right. was too built out, right? But the people who were able to recognize that and to say, in. yeah, and some of them, many of them actually, were probably very invested in the legacy system, how television and media was, was set up. And quite honestly, I bet you a lot of those people who were heavily invested in that were also a part of the proverbial break on the engine that mm -hmm. kept it from actually keeping up with how music went because they weren't ready. And all those players needed to shift their their investments and get themselves positioned for this new way of consuming content. But then there's going to be people that don't want to admit that that's going to happen. And they'll be broadcasting on television to a bunch of nothing. Yeah. 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 So, um, I don't see it being around much longer. Even like the movie theaters, things like that. I mean, I know they got like the whole system now where they have the comfy seats, dinners, pretty much drinks. But for me, I'd rather just be home, order something on my TV, not go waste $25 on a thing of popcorn. Well, and again, think ahead, right? So wouldn't it be awesome if you, and maybe you can, cause I, I've never fucked with a Roku, Roku TV, but what if you were able to integrate your Grubhub or your DoorDash into your Roku TV so that when you sit down, order your movie, you can also order a pizza that gets delivered or some popcorn or, you know what I mean? Like where the world's going, dude, nobody wants to like think anymore. Just Well, here's a question for you drove by McDonald's there's and this whole pandemic McDonald's Arby's Wendy's Chick-fil-A all the fast food restaurants stayed open yep. everybody else had to shut down now I get it it's not just that simple they have drive-throughs I get it right but there was this real condescending attitude 
that like, we have to help you because you can't help yourself. We have to help. The government has to help keep you safe because you guys aren't able to keep yourself safe. So we're going to shut these restaurants down. We don't care that you just invested your life savings to open this place. Fuck you. Close it down. You guys can't keep it open because we have to keep people safe. Yep. Well, I would ask, I would ask to look, look at the numbers. Why is McDonald's now have a line around it? What is, what is one of the, the leading causes of, of death comorbidities of COVID it's obesity. It's things like diabetes. It's being unhealthy. And so either we drastically missed it or it's disingenuous from the start. And you never gave a fuck to begin with, because how do you talk out of, how do you say that sincerely that you're trying to keep people safe? So we're going to shut down all of these places of business to do so, but go to McDonald's and get your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. Go get fat. Go into Walmart and herd in there together. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of you. Why not speak up about that? Is it that we're, that we're ignorant? We don't know. I find that hard to believe. I'm just a guy in, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know, I'm drinking whiskey, you're smoking weed and we're, we're smart enough to realize that that's probably not the best route. If our overall goal is to have healthy people, exactly, <laughs> you know, and, but at least they take your food, they make it and then they take it and they put it in a basket and then they give you the basket so that you can take the food out that they touched because they don't want to give it to you and then touch the money and then touch your food. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a joke, but it was a joke or yeah, you, you, we're not going to allow you to fill up your own drink. We're going to come around and do it for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. You do that. We're going to get you into jujitsu. Yeah. I'm going to start here soon. Gotta, uh, I don't know. I keep coming up with excuses. <laughs> it's like I said before, I just, it's got to be when I'm ready to fully jump into it because I want to go into it hard. You, I need don't to, like, you need to be able to get there two or three days a week. Now, how long is like, how long are you there for? Like a couple hours? So I've been going for an hour at a time. But now that I've got promoted up a little bit, I can go to open mats. So there's like another hour before or after my session, which is fundamental. So we'll go in, we'll learn a concept. And that's like the cool thing with Gracie. And I'm sure it's the same thing with 10th Planet or, or any other, you know, school. But there's was, a... Were you going Stout? Yeah. Yeah, I go to Stout. And is he... Is, so Gracie's a style? Yeah, so he's a black belt under Henzo Gracie. So he got his black belt, Christ, I want to say, I think seven years ago out of from from Henzo's up in New York City, which is like. So that dude's deadly. Oh, yeah. Warren's a badass for sure. Okay, because he kind of seemed like a really like not that he didn't seem like he could fucking ruin somebody, but. He just seems like a really nice guy. He's, 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 he's very. <laughs> and just like very, the things he was doing, he was just like, I don't know. He's just very modest. I can tell. Oh, so when you were listening, did you listen to the podcast that we did? Yeah. 
Yeah, now he's and he's super super smart, and he's got he's got a brother who I had on the podcast, um, who's a neuroscientist. Oh shoot! Um, he's got another brother who he's he I think he's like in the real estate and land space, but he sells properties for like hunting, so like oh. big two hundred acre plots in and That's around cool. like Pennsylvania and Ohio, I think, in New York State maybe. Um, and then his, he's got a younger brother as well. Who's big into jujitsu, uh, and trains at stout is what one of the coaches. That's cool. Yeah. There's a curriculum. So like the Gracie curriculum, you go through it. And so like for fundamentals, you're learning like a new move every, every week, like this week for us, we're learning, you know, knee passes and how you transition from like into a knee pass and into side control. And then you're also learning the flip side, like how do you defend that? And so you partner up and we're drilling back and forth. You'll, you know, you'll try it from the top position and the other person will go to the ground and you'll put it into guard and you'll just drill back and forth. Burn it in your head. Yeah. And then like for the last 15 minutes of class, we'll go live and you'll just kind of work those moves in a live scenario with resistance and kind of maybe work in other things that you've learned along the way. And then as you progress, now I can go to open mats and open mat is more, there's just an out. It's like open gym, right? So you can go, you get, maybe you get a partner that you go. Yeah. And you just roll live. That's cool. And yeah. So it's, man, it's, it's fucking addicting. It's so addicting, <laughs> you know? And that's you like, gi? I do. I wear a gi once a week right now. I, I roll in a gi on Wednesdays. I do no gi on Mondays and Saturday. And I think was it tenth planet? They don't wear one. Yeah, tenth planet's no gi. That's kind of Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo got his black belt from. Oh man, now I forget. I want to say Marcelo Garcia, but I might be. I think I'm wrong. But he then opened up his own school, and he kind of went against the grain, and he decided to take the gi off and train in no gi. I, per, I honestly, it's changing. Initially, I really liked the gi, but the way that I have kind of started to, to, to develop how I go about it, I feel like just even my game is probably a little bit better in no gi. My yeah. ability to create space and I'm just a little bit slipperier. What do you wear? Um, I wear a rash guard, you know, I'll What's wear that? like leggings, like long, almost like, uh, like under armor, like tight fitting, long sleeve leg okay. and pants just so that I try, you know, keeps the rashes off of you because the mat can tear you up a little bit in some cases, if you're not in a gi and then, um, ringworm shit like that. Right. I just have like, uh, I wanted to start, <laughs> I have PTSD from, <laughs> when i first started swimming um you're supposed to you're supposed to wear um like a specific kind of jammer they called them like men's speedo but not a speedo for like kids you know so i think it was like sixth grade something it's like my heaviest (laughs) but um i went to olympia sport over in olean with mom to get some of these jammers for a swim team 
and they didn't have any. So she ended up just buying me like tight compression short underwear, under armor, like underwear. And she's like, hey, you'll be fine. Just wear these. So I show up to my first practice and first thing is like the coach is standing there with her son who is like a varsity swimmer on like the high school swim team. So he's like, you know, some big shot swimmer. And I see him whisper into his mom's ear and they both look at me and start laughing. And like instantly I was just like, I don't even want to be here anymore. And yeah, that just ruined it for me. And so every time I start something new, I'm like, I got to have the right shit. That's, I want to crack up laughing because I love you and you're my brother and that's just what we do. But think about that, right? I mean, thank God you're in a place right now where you can tell me that and we can <laughs> kind of smile and laugh. But, you know, there was a kid, right, who, to your point, you were at your heaviest. Mm -hmm. You were taking an, a chance to try to, like, better yourself and do something. Yeah. And somebody who held the keys, so to speak, for you, right? And I'm sure didn't realize that you were going to see them right. taking a moment to make fun of you. And I'm I don't think he, I'm yeah. guilty of it. But the impact that that had on you, I mean, the fact that it's even still to this day, you're like, oh, man, because you said this to me the other night. You're like, I don't even know what I would wear. Mm -hmm. And it's intimidating to show up somewhere with people who have skills that you don't understand. And then it's like, on top of that, I'm going to show up and be obvious that I don't understand it either because I don't even know what the fuck I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's like you're doomed before you start i think what you'd find is that that is the great part about jujitsu is that all of the things that you're concerned about mm -hmm. go out the wayside because for the most part the community of people that you get to associate with don't give a fuck that you don't know you know what i mean it's like they're there for the art form they're there for the workout they're there for the challenge they're not there to be judging people. Yeah. Maybe maybe some people out of the gate. And I'm sure there's still some assholes. There's assholes in everything we do in life. Yeah, right? But exactly. it's like, for the most part, you get a pretty open mind. It's like, you get measured on, A, do you show up? B, how do you carry yourself? Do you work hard? You know? And then, you know, do they clip their toenails and stink? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But... I'm excited, man. It's like I found something again that I can work towards. I know I'll love it, dude. I know just because usually it's just follow suits and anything you've done, like I usually like. And I feel like jujitsu definitely. And I'll have to challenge it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now you'll Get my wings come back and roll with you. Yeah. No, I'll when you're ready, just let me know and I'll we'll hook you up. We'll get you the right gear to wear. So you don't have to even think about that. <laughs> and if I can, you know, whether it's, whether it's a Gracie school out there, or it's a 10th planet, I can, you know, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I see calls. both, honestly, I drive by them both. I'll, I'll make sure that you're going to a good place though. You know what I mean? With, yeah. Cause that makes a difference too. It's like you go, you go once or twice and you find, 
you know, especially with how popular it is and a lot of people going. No, exactly. There's a big influx you'll find, like, especially in fundamentals classes, a lot of people want to do it. But even just since I've been back, I've been back since like Thanksgiving. Yep. Time will to, tell. Yeah. I had to, I had to take shit. Like it was like over a year off because of, of my neck and certainly could have probably gotten, I know I could have gotten back, but I used my neck as an excuse initially. Cause it was just, didn't want to prioritize it. But right. now that I have, I've seen people who did the same thing and it's like, the saying that I've heard over and over is like a black belt is just a white belt that never quit. That's a good way to put it. That's what people need to hear. It like helps understand like, because the whole black belt thing, it's just, it's too hard to fathom. Like when people are like, it's what, 10 plus years usually. Yeah. Achieve. Yes. I'd say like seven to 10 years. Your ass getting kicked and you kicking ass and getting injured that's the scary thing is like, I always think I'm like, I know there's going to be at least a good, probably 10 to 15 injuries in there. Like they're just unavoidable. I, uh, and I'm just like, we, we, but we I think can't. very similar because I, I do the same thing where I'm like, I hear people <sighs> talking about it and it's like, this guy tore his knee, this guy did that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I'm basically, there's no chance that I don't get out of this without like needing shoulder surgery or knee exactly. surgery or something but I'm starting to get to a place where that doesn't. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. It. Yeah. It's all, it's worth, it's worth exactly. it. And that's with anything. It's like you get into the stock market, you're going to lose hundreds of probably a lot of money. I don't know, but, yeah. but eventually, how many times do you get elbowed in the face when you play basketball at the Y a lot. Ball and ankle, you know, stub your finger. I mean, I've dislocated a thing. I looked down, saw my ring finger bent the other way. Yep. Had to, you know, but then it's like you learn how. I think some of it too is like you learn. Well, also to the point when you're doing it, when you're doing something you love and like something jujitsu, it's like earned. So it's like you can almost be proud of it. When you do it, it's like in a stupid way. <laughs> it just sucks. Like when you punch out wall and break your hand it's kind of pointless There's yeah nothing well to that. the finger i didn't even feel until i looked down and saw it was it sideways yeah it was like two-thirds that's not which one my ring finger ick yeah that's but it, didn't, I don't think I mean, it was sore afterwards but other than that it was fine i've had my neck is like a constant thing for me and that's, it's kind of like, been, it's nagging, you know what I mean? And there's how is it your bone? Yeah, it's, in fine? it's in between my C3 and C4. So um, right when I moved in, when I bought the house, um, I was painting and I felt, I was like reaching and I just, I felt like this pop. And yeah. it just, it didn't really want to get better. And I went to a chiropractor. Doing it up here? Yeah, I was like, I was actually kind of like leaning out. Oh, okay. I'm trying to usually like. Usually, it's when your arms above your head is when you injure it. Yeah, it was def. I was doing like the top mold, the crown molding in the one room, trying to just reach without like resetting the ladder. Yeah. And I went to a chiropractor, and it almost seemed like it made it worse. 
And so I went and saw a neck doctor, uh, a neurosurgeon who specialized in like these neck operations. Yeah. I got an MRI done and my disc was bulging. And it, the way it bulges is it, it like it's putting pressure on my spinal cord. So this guy's procedure, what you would actually do is like he would trim any of the bulge away so that you didn't have to go in and actually like take the disc out and fuse the spine. But because mine wasn't bulging out of the sides, he couldn't really trim it. So he's like, if we did surgery on you, you'd have to have a, like a full fusion where they would fuse my two vertebrae together so that there wasn't any issue with that disc. Now, can you do anything with that? Yeah, I could still do things. It would, I'd lose some range of motion a little bit. That just sounds they it make it sound fucking awful. Yeah. And you're going to have like metal shit in your neck. Like I, he's like, look, you don't want to do it at the time. I think I was 31 when I went and saw him. Hmm. Um, also, this wasn't recent. I thought this was recent. No, this is, yeah, this has been bugging me for like four or five years and I'll, I'll have like two or three times a year where I'll do something and I'll be down for a good two weeks where I'm like, it's, it's hard to move my head from side to side. And I, I got it pretty good at training the other day, like about a week ago, but I've been progressing and I'm like belt promotions are coming up. I just picked <laughs> up some stripes the other night and I'm like, I, oh, yeah, I, saw I, that. I almost didn't go on Wednesday be, because of my neck. And I'm like, I went and instantly the pain went away, but I broke some ribs. I bruised my spleen. My shins are bruised. My knees are sore. My fingers hurt. But I also feel like I'm in the greatest shape of my life again. Like, or at least I'm definitely not in the greatest shape of my life. I was in really good shape at one point, but I'm getting back to a place where I feel like I'm in great shape, even though I'm very sore. And it's well, like enjoyable. Getting sport. beat on like that is good. It yeah. helps strengthen your bone density too. Getting all, I used to think like the more you got beat on, like, the weaker you were later on in life, but I mean, that's to an extent if you get excessively, you know, whoop. but like having like bumps and bruises and shit like that, that's like, you end up like one of those Russian people where they say they're like, when you hit them, it's like fucking hitting stone. Yeah. Yeah. You got to condition yourself. Your body adapts to that. Yeah, definitely. There's two things and I'll leave you with this, you know, two things as far as jujitsu that I'm really starting to enjoy. Number one is, the accomplishment, but more so like when you're learning individual techniques mm -hmm. and then you take something that you learned three weeks ago that you kind of forgot about and you do it subconsciously in training <laughs> and you're like, Oh, like, okay, I'm starting to put this together. Like I'm starting to figure this out. Yeah. Which feels really, really cool. And then the other side of that is then feeling that confident and getting locked up with somebody who's been doing it even two months longer than you and they twist your head off or pull your leg up around your neck, you know, or put you in an arm bar and you have like, to tap there. and you're just like, it's, it, it never allows you to get too overconfident because the moment you feel really good about yourself, what you need, you instantly get snuffed out and realize like, Oh, that's short lived. I have to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that is good because it, it 
it's like everything your brain needs. It needs like that yes. dopamine thing where like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm achieving something. And then it's like, wham. Too cocky. Yeah. No, that's, that's like, that's more than just physical shit. That's like meant the way they put that together. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Never thought about it like that. We'll get you into it sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. I know it's coming. I need something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like just going to the gym. It's like I can't apply it to anything. It's stupid. Like what? Like, yeah, I feel good. But I don't care about benching. I'd rather like go be strengthful in a way that's useful. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a hell of a workout. I noticed my cardio by far. It's the hands and like doing that, like doing push up, like yeah, a lot of body weight stuff. I'm sure you don't mm-hmm. need to go to the gym and stress out. Yep, burpees. Yep, a couple kettlebell workouts, some push ups, range of motion shit. Yep, even yoga. I love yoga. I do yoga and I don't even realize I'm doing yoga. I'm like, I'm doing yoga. <laughs> it's relaxing. Yeah, it truly is. But I'll never like actually like sit down and do yoga. It's like I'll be like forced into it by like an injury or something like that. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This Hopefully, is episode, uh, this is episode fifty. You know, ooh, specialty. Yeah, I'm honored. Thank you for having me on. Seriously, it's crazy. I'm look. It's March twentieth. I I released the first episode in May, so it's not even. It's almost a year. It's it's so weird to think like that now because it's like, in my head, you're just like the podcast guy now, like. It's just so normal. Like, that's just what you do. But, like, a year ago, like, no idea. You know what I mean? Like, how much that's changed. Like, even just my perception of you. Well, it's crazy, too, how it goes in iterations. Because before that, we were doing, like, you were producing the Bud Brothers podcast. Yeah. I I forget about about that. that. I do. I just looked the other day, the Student in Glass episode. I've been talking with Tracy again. Yeah. I reconnected I, with them. I saw they're killing them. They're doing like cookies collabs. And- yeah. I don't, I need to, I, I don't want to even say, cause I don't, I haven't had like this type of conversation with them, but I'm interested to understand how that all went down because it's, I believe they sold a large stake or the whole company to G pen. And so, I mean, he's, cause they had the connect. To him, man. Like they, they figured it out. And it's so crazy because we had early stages. We had him on the podcast and I went back and looked that episodes like it's 15, 20,000 views right now on YouTube over just a short amount of time because that product has picked up so much popularity. Wow. Dude. But I like went back and was looking and it's like, man, that was like three or four years ago now, three years ago. What? Yeah. That was like almost three years ago. Holy cow. Maybe not three years, maybe two, two and a half years ago. Wow. 
<laughs> I don't, this pandemic's got me messed up. I can't believe that. You remember how smoky that room was? Yeah. What was that, the Andes? Yeah. <laughs> and then we had we had Alice Moon on. She after, couldn't smoke. She couldn't smoke because she was allergic to weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her whole her whole thing was she couldn't. She works in the cannabis industry, but she can't smoke because she has a condition. Yeah. We just got done literally fucking hot boxing that room for like three hours with just back to back student glass rips. Nice. <laughs> she was probably like, well, fuck you guys. Thanks. I reached out to her to have her on. Yeah. Didn't get a whole lot of love back. No. Yeah, it was probably a good thing because I was planning to go hard in the paint and ask some serious questions about this condition. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening you can hit me up i'll gladly have you on i don't think she listens quite honestly quite honestly i don't think she's one of the the faithful but for all you people who do listen if you've listened this far thank you a whole fucking lot because it's cool as shit i appreciate it i hope you guys enjoy some of these i'm sure some of them you hate but thank you for listening and uh this is just the start there's some there's some cool shit coming and uh, I'm glad to have you on, buddy. I'm glad that you no, did you. it. I'm glad that uh, it was episode 50. And hopefully this is just the first of many times. Yeah, I want to be back on. This is my, uh, this is my first experience on a podcast. It's my icebreaker. I know even Louie was on a podcast. Even we Remember, we you weren't there. We drug his ass no. into Purple Haze Studios to be on the Kicking with Kristen podcast. And she yeah, had fucking to work. went right at him and was like, so wait, you don't smoke weed? These guys, you guys are the <laughs> Bud Brothers, but you don't smoke weed? <laughs> she roasted him, huh? I just, that was been so long I haven't even heard that. Yeah. She's what? She did something too. She's out of. She's, down, she's in Austin, Texas. It's such a small world. She's got a boyfriend who's friends with my partners in action. And oh like that God. whole group of friends. He's a photographer. <laughs> He's got a company called Avon House. His name's Chancellor. Oh, dope. Yeah. Seems like dope. a cool guy. I've never met him, but I reached out to her. She's kill I mean, they're killing it. He does photography. She saw, she like he was killing it. Uh with the like um coaching. Yeah. Nutritional and like mental coach. And hey, she worked out her own little niche. Yeah, do your thing. Yep. So. But yeah, man, thank you. Most definitely. Enjoy your night. Me too. I'll talk to you. For sure, man.